Good evening, everybody. Uh, you know, today was visiting day in camp. I'm a concerned parent. Right, I was there, and, uh, yeah. And whatever, the traffic and uh, was unbearable and uh, lost GPS signal. I guess that's, you know, a sign. Maybe we also have lost our GPS and our sense of direction, really. So I need to always have to learn from whatever befalls you. you know, uh, <clears throat> Tonight uh, ushers in uh, the uh, Yom Tov of Tubav. It's, uh, you know, sadly because... Uh, People are recovering from the three weeks and rushing off to the country. This holiday doesn't get its, uh, you know, its proper uh, attention that it's due. I mean, the Gemara says at the end of Tanis, it's Lo Yom Tom Lishok, Yom Kippurim, Ba'av. These are two happiest days of the year. Tuba'av that comes in tonight and Yom Kippur. Two happiest days. Uh, you know, for reasons that we'll explain in a second. Uh, <clears throat> But uh, there was an interesting custom that on these two days, the, uh, the maidens of Yerushalayim you know, used to uh, put on wear white and do some type of uh, a dance in the, in the vineyards. And uh, anyone who uh, did not have a wife you know, would go there you know, to find a shidduch. Uh, so it's very interesting as to uh, why this is. You know, these two days they had this custom. Uh, so, you know, the uh, understanding the, uh, the simcha, you know, and, and why, you know, it's a day of shiduchim, tu ba'av. So the Gemara says a few things happen on this day. So uh, one of the things that happened was that the, um, you know, just a few weeks ago, we read in Parshat Shavua the whole story of Benot Slavchad. You know, they wanted to take their father's inheritance because he did not leave a male descendant. Okay, so... Akash Baruch Hu said that they're right and they deserve that inheritance. So in the next week's parsha, so the people from their tribe said, listen, if they're going to now marry men from another tribe, so our resources of Shevet Yosef are going to go, you know, out of Shevet Yosef and uh, it's going to become part of the Nachala of a different Shevet. So Akash Baruch Hu says, that's right, you know, the, uh, so the Benot Slavchat have to marry within their own tribe. And it was understood that, uh, that that should be the halacha, that women have to marry within their own tribe, so as, you know, in the event that they're the heirs for a nachala, it shouldn't go from shevet to shevet. And that was considered to be the normative halacha. And on the day of Tubav, I don't know which year, but it doesn't say, but on the day of Tubav, they found a source to uh, prove that that was a special injunction for that generation alone, but in subsequent generations, the tribes are allowed to marry with each other. Which, I guess, uh, that already uh, raises a connection to why it's a day of Shiduchim. But then there's another interesting halacha regarding Shiduchim. Everyone knows the, uh, the tragic story that happened in the days of the judges of Pilegish Begiva. A woman was, uh, a concubine was... Uh, uh, was uh, taken forcefully, and uh, it caused a civil war between Shevet Binyamin and the other Shvatim. And they made a, they excommunicate Shevet Binyamin that uh, we don't marry with Shevet Binyamin. And that was thought to be the halacha forever until on, on a Tubab in one year, they found a source to prove that again, that was only supposed to be temporary, it was not going to be forever. <clears throat> so, two interesting uh, halachas that got overturned on Tubab, both having to do with Shaduchim. And then uh, another, uh, another two things that the Gemara tells us happened that, you know, don't seemingly don't 
hard to see the common denominator with the first that we just mentioned, is that, you know, Yeruvim ben Nevat, you know, the one who seceded from, uh, from the kingdom of Judah and caused Am Yisrael to splinter into two kingdoms, Yehuda and Yisrael. Yeruvim ben Nevat set up, you know, roadblocks to stop people from going on Aliyah Larego. Right? On this day of Tubab, a later king of Israel, Hosea, a, um, <clears throat> he abolished the roadblocks. Right, the Hoshea uh, ben Lov was Muvatal the Prostiot, Shoshiv Yeruvim ben Navat, and he gave people a choice. Now it's, uh, it's your choice whether you want to uh, serve, you know, uh, whatever Avodazar they were serving in the kingdom of Israel, but you're free to go Aliyah Rego also. And that happened on a Tubav. And the last thing, to, to the best of my memory, that Chazal count happened on Tubav was that they discovered. That the uh, you know, everyone knows the, from the stories of Chorban Abayit, the terrible tragedy at Beitar, like an, an amazing amount of people were murdered there, you know, as the Gemara tells us in Gittin. So on Tubab, the Gemara in tells us they discovered that all those people murdered, not only did they not decompose, but subsequently they were zochel lekvura. They had an honorable burial. An amazing thing, right? That you know that even though they were you know uh, massacred. They were Zohar Hatov, and with that, Chazal instituted the bracha of Hatov Ametiv that we have at the end of benching, the fourth bracha of Birkat Amazon, right? Right? Uh, you know, it's after Bone Yerushalayim. That got instituted, that bracha, and we also make a, a short version of it on if hearing good news. You get something good, like let's say Yerusha, that you're going to share with a few people, or having a male child. Right or trading up wine. Uh, you have uh, you go from a uh, a wine that's okay, right? And uh, you you haven't finished the bottle yet, but you're trading up to a better wine. In all those instances, you make hatov God is good and does good, and that was all instituted in response to the miracle that they saw that the Haruge Beitar lo hisrichu v'nitnu lekvura. They did not decompose, and they were also given over, you know, they were zochet to burial. Not an amazing thing, you know, uh, that for that reason, Chazal were metakin the bracha v'atov v'ametiv, which we make on unbelievable joy. The Gemara tells us that in this world, you know, there are times we say, Baruch Dayan Ha'emet, when things don't go the way we want, right? But in the next world, in the world that's kulotov in olam haba, it's only hatov v'ametiv. That bracha got instituted on Tuba'av, but in response to seemingly, you know, uh, a strange event, right, that the, the Haruge Beitar, Lohi Srichu, Venitnu Lekvura, and we just have to understand why they saw tremendous, tremendous joy in that, and that all has to fit with abolishing the roadblocks to go to Harabait for Aliyah Larego, and, you know, again, overturning the two halachot that kept, you know, Shevet Binyamin separate from the rest of the tribes of Israel, or the earlier halacha of keeping all tribes separate that they're not allowed to intermarry with each other. <clears throat> okay, so I want to raise a question. All right, in the, the first two out of four, so we said that, the, you know, they found sources to overturn halacha of the tribes not intermarrying, and they found the source to overturn the halacha of Shevet Binyamin not marrying with the other tribes. Now, I can understand. Right, the uh, Shevet Binyamin was, uh, they were being fined. They were being punished because of their role in the Civil War. I get it, right? So, uh, you know, and then we decided that the punishment is too, you know, it shouldn't be for all generations. I got it. But 
the first case, right, that's biblical. God himself said to the Benot Slavchad, they're not allowed to, they're not allowed to marry into other tribes. And then, you know, you have to, sometime later, different time, different place, they found on Tubab a way to overturn that. And now the Shvatim can intermarry. Now, why was the Torah, like, you know, set up that way? That, no, keep separate, and then you have to find a source to bring it together. Matter of fact, what do we need the whole tribe business to begin with, right? You divide up, you know, a nation. They just got liberated from slavery into 12 tribes, right? And they were very machpit on that in the desert, right? That, uh, that you know, as you know, from multiple parshas in the Torah, Moshe Rabbeinu goes through the lineage of, uh, you know, the, uh, the different tribes, which mishpacha came from which shevet, and each shevet is, you know, counted separately. And not only that, they're camped around the mishkan separately, you know, by the degalim. You know, there were uh, four groups of three camped around the mishkan, each one with their uh, own flag. What are you doing that to the people for? Right? You know, they've been in slavery for 210 years. They probably forgot, if not for a fact that they were reminded. Right? They probably forgot which tribe they were from. Right, then Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron, you know, set up everyone's yichus, right, to make sure everyone remembers what tribe they're on, and they bring back tribalism. Why do you want to bring tribalism? Why do you want that? Right, and tribalism, and then you're happy that subsequently later you find a way to, you know, you know, walk it back so they could marry with each other. Don't set up the tribalism to begin with. <clears throat> so, you know, the... There is one more thing that I, uh, I neglected to mention. Right, that, uh, and it also counts as one of the happy things that happened you know, uh, on this day. You know that after the sin of the spies, which is the thing that thrust us into the whole idea of Tishabov, you know, the spies that came back and spoke back uh, bad about Eretz Yisrael, they, you know, they came back on Erev Tishabov. And they cried all that night. That night was Tishabov night. God says, You cried for nothing. I'm going to give you something to cry for for all generations. And that laid down the precedent of Tishabov. You know, that generation already laid down like the crack. That Tishabov is a day that uh, bad things are prone to happen on. All right? So everyone knows that the direct uh, decree uh, that came is, uh, as a result of that sin was that whole generation has to die in the desert. Right? For 40 years, that's why they had to move around for 40 years, until that whole generation ceased to exist, and the next generation could go into the land of Israel. Right? So, Gemara says that on Tuba'av, they stopped dying. Meaning the actual, you know, they understood that the 40 years were up, right? That on Tuba'av, they stopped dying. Tosas explains by bringing some Midrashim that what does that mean? You know what they did, Tosas brings, based on Midrashim, that every year on Tisha B'av, they dug their graves and they went to sleep, right? And that's how it happened, right? You know, the ones that woke up in the morning, you know, were the ones that had another year to live, you know, and the ones that didn't wake up, you know, so like Tisha B'av, the anniversary of when they did the sin, was the day that a whole, a whole other level was whacked off. And that's how it happened gradually over 40 years. Every tish above, they dug their graves. You know, the people of that generation went to see, you saw who woke up the next morning, who got another year of life. So came one year, everyone woke up. Okay, so they thought they must have made a mistake, you know, with the date, 
Right? So they went back to sleep in their graves the next night. Everyone woke up. Right? So they thought there must have been a mistake. Until they saw the full moon, which is on two bobs, they realized they didn't make a mistake. The gzera is over. Right? And that's one of the things also that we're happy about on, <coughs> on Tubav. Now, it's very, very interesting, right, that uh, Chazal, you know, the, that generation viewed it as if the decree was, like, overturned on Tubav. Why overturned? You look, it was, it was for 40 years. It expired. It just wore out. There's as a Yom Shekolu Mesei Midbar. It's a day that they stopped dying. Well, they stopped dying. It was like it was for 40 years. They went through the 40 years. You know, time's up. They view it as, like, as if it was overturned. <coughs> so, everyone knows that uh, in the future, the Beit HaMikdash is going to be rebuilt on Tisha B'Av. Right, so now, uh, you know, that means that when, uh, if, if let's say the Beit HaMikdash is open for business, you know, first day is Tisha B'Av, so now we, we celebrate. We celebrate for seven days. Shivat Yemei Mishteh. So the 9th, the 10th, the 11th, the 12th, the 13th, the 14th, the 15th. Comes out that the 15th of Av is destined to be the day that we finish, you know, the seven days of inaugurating, of inaugurating the third Beit HaMikdash, Bimhera Biyamenu. Right? So now that's what the Mishnah says, that even... Back on Tubav, they, the woman used to sing, Tzura, the Pasuk Hashir Shem, Tzura, Batar, Shitra, Lo, Imo, see the, the King Shlomo, the, the crown, that his mother gave him, Biyom Chatunato, U Biyom Simchat Libo, Biyom Chatunato was Yom Kippur. Right? The days of marriage were first Yom Kippur, the giving of the Torah, when the Torah was given to us after we were forgiven for the sin of the golden calf, which is what ushers in the three weeks. Right? We got the second Luchot on Yom Kippur. Ubiyom Simchat Libo, Zeu Binyam Beit HaMikdash, which, uh, you know, the, mean the finality of the, uh, of celebrating the rebuilding of the temple, right, it'll hit its high point on the 15th of Av, Bimhera Biyamenu. So the, uh, the question is like this. Why is it apropos? And that's why everyone knows we didn't say Tachanun on Tisha B'Av, because it's going to be a Yom Tif. Why should it be a Yom Tif? It's a terrible day. You should think that we'd want to put the rebuilding of the temple on the opposite side of the calendar to not have it like associated in any way, you know, no bad memories, you know, because this day where two temples were destroyed. And we say, no, 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 this is going to be, this is going to be the time when the temple is rebuilt and the festivities reach their grand finale on Tubav. Right? <clears throat> sort of, it, and it's just, the question I'm raising really falls in line with the idea that they viewed it that on Tubav people stopped dying from the Chet of the Miraglim, right? On Tubav, right, they instituted the Bracha Batov because the Harugay Beitar didn't decompose and got Kvura. It's sort of like bittersweet, seeing the sweet in the bitter. It's something to think about. <clears throat> but the truth is like this, right? The, um, imagine, imagine if the Miraglim came back and the people would have not listened to the ten guys who were bad-mouthing Eretz Yisrael. They would have listened to Yoshua and Kalev. What would have happened? Right? Alternate timeline. Right? Which is what they should have done. They shouldn't have received, you know, bin mekabel d'lashon They should have uh, listened to Kalev and Yoshua. What would have happened on Tisha B'av? 
would have gone into Eretz Yisrael with Moshe Rabbeinu. And that, that was the original plan. That was the design. I mean, uh, Karish Brochel wasn't banking on us listening to the Lashon Arab, the Miraglim. He was banking on us being good and listening to the people who were telling the truth. Okay? So that means by design, Av was supposed to be the happiest month of the year. That's the way God wired it up. That if things would have gone according to plan, would have gone to Eretz Yisrael with Moshe Rabbeinu on Tisha B'Av. The very next day, we would have gone in. Right? means that Av, by, uh, by the way God created the months and the mazalot that God set up, Av is supposed to be a good month. Right? So now there's a very interesting, you know, everyone's heard of the Sefer Yitzirah. The Sefer Yitzirah talks about, you know, it sets up how all the 12 months of the year are parallel to the 12 letters of the Aleph Bet that, uh, that uh, do not have a Dagesh, right? The Hey, Vav, Zayn, Chet, Tet, etc. So without getting into all the details, what, what concerns me is the month of Av. It says about the, uh, the month of Av, Himlech Ot Tet Bishmiah. That the month of Av, what reigns, the power that reigns is the letter Tet in hearing. What does that mean? Letter Tet in hearing. So, Rav Tzadok HaKohen Milublin, you know, points out a Gemarim Baba Kama. The Gemarim Baba Kama says, if a person, if a person dreams and sees a letter Tet in his dream, so before you go to bed tonight, think Tet, 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 right? Because, no, serious. Because a person sees a simon, a letter tet in his dream, simon yafeulo, it's a good sign. Because the first time we find the letter tet in the Torah is in the word tov. In the words, vayarokim etaor kitov. That's the first time you have the letter tet. Letter tet was not in the Torah prior to that. It's the first time the letter tet appears in the Torah scroll is by the word tov. And since the word the the Torah opened up with it with goodness, that means tet is good. So if you see a letter tet in your dream, you're good. Right, literally, you're good. Right. So now that pasuk Valkimid Arkitov, what, what's that talking about? What does Rashi say there? Rashi says that light was like really good. That was the the ore that it's not befitting for the Rishaim to enjoy that ore. So, uh, so it says, meaning after that, Vayavdel Elokim ben Or ben Achor, he separates from the light and the darkness, he put that light in Geniza. That's the Or Ganus. That's the hidden light. That's the light of the future, where we pray for Or Chadash, Al Tzion Tair, right? There should be a new light. We, all, these, you know, all these prayers about the new light, we're talking about this very, very beautiful light that was so beautiful that God wanted to save it for the future, so the Rishaim should not enjoy it in this world. That's what that letter Tet refers to. This or that Akash Baruch Hu put, it's the or Hagonos, which is the real, real goodness that we're waiting to have revealed to us in the future. Right? So this real right that's you know, now Ganus, what's our connection to it? It's hidden, right? It's like too good for this world because we don't want the Rishayim to enjoy it. So what's our connection to it? You can't see it. So you hear about it, like I'm telling you about it, right? Right? Chazal tell us about it. Right? And that's what it means, says Rav Tzadok HaKohen, Himlech Ot Tet Bishmia. It's the light that's too good to see. You can only hear about it. How God has, it's, it's being promised to you for the future. Right? 
the the Chodesh of Av was meant to be like the most glorious, glorious month on the calendar. Now, what's right now the most glorious month on the calendar? There's two months that are that are pretty good. Adar. Adar and Nisan. As a matter of fact, it's right here in this Gemara also that says that just like Mishenichnas Av Bimma'atim Besimcha, Mishenichnas Adar Marbim Besimcha. Now, it's very interesting that the two are are coined together. It's the same Alcha. Just like when Av comes in, you have to mitigate your Simcha up to, you know, Tisha B'Av. So also when Adar comes in, you have to increase your Simcha. Now, they're coined, you know, they're mentioned in the same, uh, right? And Mishanichas Adar, Marim B'Simcha, Rashi says, it's not just because of Purim. It's because of Purim and Pesach. And Pesach, Rashi says. Because Adar is just, it's, it's just goodness, straight through Nisan. Now, the truth is, when Haman threw the lots, right, he was happy, right? Came out on Adar, he was overjoyed, Gemara tells us, because he thought it's our bad month, right? Because Moshe Rabbeinu died in Adar, right? And, uh, you know, Adar, Dagim, you know, fish get swallowed, I'm going to swallow them, right? You know, I'm going to swallow them, all right? Was he right or was he wrong? Haman. Hmm? Wrong. Really? Let's compromise. Let's compromise. Let's compromise. He was right initially, and then he was wrong. Because the Megillah says there was right? the month changed. The truth is like this. Right? Adar was really a bad month for us at the time that Haman threw the lots. Right? But we did Tshuva, Tshuva Me'ava, and with the power of Tshuva, we rewired Adar. Right? But you know, that type of tikkun that we did for Adar is the type of damage we did to Av. And that's why the two are coined together. That just like Misha Nechmasam and Matim and Simchan, it's your fault. You made the mazel of the month bad, and that's why you don't wait for Tisha B'Av, for the Avil. You might be Simcha from the minute the mazel starts because you wired it, you know, to be a bad month. Right? But also Misha Nechmas Adar Marbim the Simcha because we're the ones. You know, we don't have to wait for Purim. The Simcha starts immediately with the Mazel of the month because we made it a good month, right? So Av was supposed to be a great month. We're the ones who made it bad. Now, now Adar is a good month because we made it good. But then there's a month that was good because God made it good. That's Nisan, right? The Gula, right? God took us out, you know, we weren't worthy of it. But, you know, he decided that's the month of the Gula. Right, and that, you know, and there's a Shita and the Gemara, Benisa Nigalu, Benisa Natin Ligael. Right, we are destined to be uh, redeemed again in the month of Nisan. God made that a good month. So Nisan is Chodesh Ha Aviv. Right, so now I heard from my Rebbe, Moshe Shapiro, Zechot Tzadik Vekarosh Levracha, right, that in Lashon HaKodesh, whenever you, whenever you double the last letter, that means small, like Katan is small, Katantan, that's very small. Uh, that which we call in Avodah Zarah a Elil, Elilim. We're actually making fun of little God. No, it's Kel, right? God, right? Elil, Ketchko, right? Little God. You know, we're making fun of it, right? So, if, what does, in, once you have that in mind, what does Aviv mean? Nisan's Chorsha Aviv. What? So it means the spring, but, it, but it's also, but now I said, when you double the last letter, it means small. It means Nisan was little Av. 
I was supposed to be making Nissan look small by comparison. It's supposed to be an unbelievable month, right? The month that's like, you know, almost too, almost too good to have in this world. And that's why there's a challenge. You know, the Gemara says in, uh, in Brachot, that give There are three good gifts that God gave us, but he gave it through us through pain, right? And that's Torah, Eretz Yisrael, and Olam Abba. These are three things that, you know, these are the best gifts that God gave us, and it's not easy. It's not easy, right? Uh, Torah learning, that's hard. It's not easy, right? Eretz Yisrael, never been easy, right? You know, to acquire the conquest, the living, the surviving, right? And, and to earn Olam Abba. So says the Ramchar, Moshe Chaim Lutzato, says, you know, why Yisurim? Like, just, you know, make it the perfect present that not only that is it good, but it's easy. Said, no, right? This is like so good, so good that, you know, it's an acquired taste. It's like the stuff that's really good. You know, small goodness, you know, even a child could appreciate. Things that are sweet, you know. Things that have sweet little nothings. What's really, really, really good, you have to build, you know, uh, build up a taste for it. Build up a capacity to contain it. Right? This is like super good. And that's why you need the Yisurim, right? Which, you know, which means two things. First of all, because it's so good, it's higher than what you could comprehend. And when you don't appreciate what's going on, because you don't understand it, that's called painful. We all know what's going on. But it's also from you, you got to build up your, uh, you got to refine your eyes, refine your ears, refine your tastes to appreciate it. Something that's really good is an acquired taste. The stuff that's simple, that's, that's stuff that anyone can appreciate. You know, the sophisticated things are acquired taste, we know. And certainly much so, Torah, Eretz, and Olam And And the month of Av is like that also. And that's why there's a big challenge. Like the Miraglim came, you know, 10 out of 12 didn't know how to appreciate Eretz Israel. They know how to appreciate what they saw, right? Only Kalev and Yoshua had, you know, they had bigger perceptions, and it didn't come to them easily. Moshe Rabbeinu Davin for Yoshua, as you know, and added a letter to his name. Kalev, he made a detour to Davin at Marata Machpelah. Right? They had special help to appreciate what they were seeing, right? Well, things are so good. Right, that's such good that you can't easily see and appreciate. You just hear about it. I, I inform you that it's good, but that you should see it and you should feel it takes a lot of work. Right? And, that, and, that's, and that's, that's, the, that's the challenge that we face. Right? Sometimes when things are so good, if you don't know how to appreciate it, it feels terrible. You know, like the first time you had your dry red wine. Uh, you guys drink dry red, right? right? What was it like the first time? Right? Right. Right? No, first time. What? Yeah? Good for you. <laughs> right? right? No. Most people are not like that. Until, so, you know, until you refine and you learn. Right? Same thing with Torah. I mean, that, you know, the Torah is called like wine. And I'm not just saying that because Hatova Metiv that we're talking about is a bracha that you make on wine when you start trading up. Right? Torah, you know, when you first start learning how to learn, it's help. Right? It's really, really hard, right? Until once you learn, as we call in Shiva, knowing how to learn, and you know not just how to translate, but you know how to infer and how to make sense, it's unbelievable, right? But it's, it's work. It's work to acquire. Ruchaniyut, right? right? 
<clears throat> anything that's spiritual, that's not a, a base physical pleasure, it takes, you know, it's an acquired taste. Right? <clears throat> right? And so but everything that the month of Av has to offer is an acquired taste. Right? And, and if you acquire a taste for it, it's unbelievable. And we're not going to have a full taste for it until the future. But you can understand that, you know, that's why, you know, when something is so good that you don't know how to appreciate it, it could easily feel like the worst thing because you don't know how to appreciate it. If you don't know how to appreciate it, you could actually, you know, rebel against and say you don't want it like they did with Eretz Yisrael. Right? <clears throat> and, you know, that's very much the, uh, you know, if, when you really think about it. Right, the uh, what makes something special. Right, what makes something special is that it has its unique definition. Now, so I'll tell you something very interesting. Right, to define something. What do you mean to define something? It means you know it's within these parameters. Right, whether this is its shape, this is its color, this is how you describe it. Any other description would be false. You know what that's called? And, uh, you know, speaking a little bit philosophically, that's called din, judgment. You say, it's like this, but it's not like that. GPS. Right? Yeah, that happened to me today. <laughs> happened to me all day. Right, like I said, it's a sign from heaven, you know. Have we lost our GPS to, you know, learning about, you know, appreciation and sense of direction, right? The, uh, <clears throat> right? That's din. Right, the uh, you know the uh, you know to legislate that it's like this and this is its definition. In Chesed, there's no you know there's no distinctions in Chesed. You give to everyone equally whether they deserve it or not. In Din, there's distinction. If there's such a thing as colors and differences, variety, that's in Din, not in Chesed. Chesed doesn't know distinctions, right? You know that's that's the problem with. You know, where equality, you know, sometimes goes awry, right? That nothing is special and nothing is unique, right? You know, so you have to have give equal, yeah, equal rights, but not, you know, make everything the same. The same is, you know, everything loses its speciality, right? You know, the, so, you know, that, that's the big gift that our Karnish Baruch Hu gave us, right? That he made things different from each other. They have a wonderful world, a lot of shapes and colors, right? <clears throat> and, 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 that's, and that's part, and, and of course, HaKadosh does everything for our good, and that's part of the goodness, and that's really, you know, we said the acquired taste is the stuff that's really, really good, right? Chesed is easy to appreciate. Dinim, that's the acquired taste. To understand that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you know, legislated things, made rules, but those rules make definitions and make categories and make colors and shapes and different functions that makes the diversified world that we have when we learn to appreciate the goodness in Din. Oh, that's the real, real goodness. That's the hidden light. That's the acquired taste that we need to have. And when we see that, that even the Dinim are a chesed and a gift from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Right, that that's the level that you know will be apparent when that hidden light is revealed, right? Bezrat Hashem b'mehera b'yamenu, right? Right, but the, the the point that I'm getting to is that you know, you know, this, that which feels unappreciated, that which you don't appreciate, that's you feel to you it feels like din, and you know what? It probably is din because it has its unique programming that makes it so hard to appreciate. You have to develop a taste for it. Right? But that's but that follows through that that means deep deep down it's super good. 
So I want to start with Haruge Beitar, right? And then we're going to work to marriage. And then you understand why marriage is, you know, <laughs> the way it is, right? Right. <laughs> the, right. Haruge Beitar, right? They were able to see the chesed within the din. It was a terrible tragedy, right? But then, you know, but, it, but it, if a tragedy is, as we say, just pure loss, right? Then our Karshko wouldn't have done this tremendous miracle that the corpses didn't you know, decompose and they were Zoha subsequently to Kvura. And, and that God was showing a sign that even the dinim are for our own good. It's not vengeance, right? It's because we needed it, because sadly we, it was necessary. And he sent us a sign by showing that even within this tragedy there was divine grace. And that's where they understood Hatov Vametiv, the special double good. Because Tov, which is the Tov that we know, the Tov that's easy to appreciate, that's just single Tov. Hatov Vametiv, the double Tov, that's when you see the goodness that there is even in the Dinim. Right? Right? And, you know, the hidden goodness. The hidden goodness is the special, special, special deep goodness that you have to build a taste for. <clears throat> right? And that's the power of the month of Av. Right? So that's what it means also on the month of Av, you know, the, uh, the uh, Mesei Midbar, right? The uh, generation that uh, was uh, told to perish in the desert, you know, decreed upon them to perish in the desert. They understood that on Tuba Av, right, on the, they reached the middle of the month of Av, they understood, you know, how it was necessary that this generation could not in any way have made it in the land of Israel, you know, and under the Hanhaga of Moshe Rabbeinu, you know, only though the generation of Yoshua was fit for it. They understood the master plan, right? Some, you know, as we said in the title of Shir, some of the love breathes through. You smell the love, you know, through the din. They're able to appreciate how it's, it had to be this way. There was no other way. It was for our benefit, being that things w- worked out the way they worked out. This was the only way forward. Right? But now we come to marriage, right? Uh, we said on these two days, right, they overturned halachot, right, that, uh, you know, that kept the tribe separate. They found a way to overturn these halachot, right, legitimately, right, they found a remez in the psukim, right, that uh, legitimately found that it was only temporary, wasn't meant to be forever, and we asked the question, so why the tribalism to begin with? If you ultimately want the tribes to intermarry, why just set up the tribalism to begin with? So there's an interesting uh, Mishnah in Pirkei Avot. Right? Mishnah everyone knows. If a people disagree, but it's L'Shem Shemaim, that Machloket will endure. It won't be resolved. Like the Machloket Hilo and Shemai. As opposed to the Machloket... Korach v'choadato, right? That you know, they, that it got resolved pretty quickly. Because, you know, Korach got swallowed up. You know, it's the end of the dispute. It's over, right? And Hillel and Shammai, we're learning Beit Hill and Beit Shammai until this very day, right? Elu veil divrel kimchaim. There's such a thing as machloket. There's divergence. L'shem Shammai explains the Maharal. If God would have only created one thing, that's not the glory of God. You can only create one thing. He's a specialist. You only do one thing. The fact that God could create such a diverse world that even has in it the mutually exclusive, the fire and the water, the, the spiritual and the physical, that's the greatness of God. That shows that he is kol yachol, truly of infinite ability. That if we, God wanted to show us 
his glory, that we could appreciate him. And it be nana mizivashchina, so he wanted to do something really impressive. And that's creating different things, things that are different from each other. It should be machloket. They are different, they diverge from each other, but l'shem shamayim, for the sake of God displaying his glory and his infinite ability, and with that, and we get tremendous pleasure seeing that, you know, enjoying that hasaga, right, that comprehension about HaKarish Baruch Hu. It gives us a dveikot to his infinite ability, realizing his infinite ability. So making things bedafka different, right, <coughs> right, is l'shem shamayim. Right, a God showing all the amazing different things that he can do. And that's why there are 12 tribes of Israel connected to 12 months of the year. That Amiso has to represent in, in a microcosm all the diversity that there is in the Bria. How did we start off? How did we start off as 70 people? Right? Yaakov came to Mitzrayim with 70, right? 70 people. It wasn't a coincidence. The Pasuk says in Parshat Azilu. Yatsev Gvulot Amim Lemisbar Beneso. God divided up the nations by the door, by the Plaga, by the Dora Plaga. Gvulot Amim Lemisbar Beneso. God made them 70 nations, knowing that in the future Yaakov would have 70 kids. It's a possible. It's not even a medrash. It's a possible. Yatsev Gvulot Amim Lemisbar Beneso. Right? Because that's the secret of Shivim Panim La Torah. Every, every nation has its own, its own, his own, you know, Headspace, their own culture, their own way of looking at things, right? The original seventy. I mean, some of you know that you know that are in the UN are just not even worth mentioning, right? But the original seventy, you know, seventy different angles to an issue, right? And Amisol has all of them. That's why we start with seventy members, and not only that, where do we have seventy in the Sanhedrin? The Sanhedrin is seventy. Now, of course, there's seventy members of the big, big grand rabbinical court. We add one, that should be a tiebreaker, so it's seventy-one. But it's Shivim connected the Shivim Panim Latora connected the seventy nations. Amisol, which is God's people, we reflect all the diversity that there is in the Bria. That's why two Jews, three opinions. Right? That's right. <laughs> it's uh, that's that's our job. You know, there's there's so much diversity amongst us, and it's all a shape Shemayim. Right? But of course, you know, all that diversity has to come together, and that's another Mishnah of us. Knesia Shilashem Shemaim Sophiskaim and in gathering. If it's Lashem Shemaim, it could endure as opposed to the Migdal Bava. It wasn't Lashem Shemaim, that's why it dispersed. Right? <clears throat> that means Shem Shemaim is what divides us. Shem Shemaim is what comes and reunites us. Right? We should be 12 separate tribes, Lashem Shemaim, but we're also supposed to get to back together, Lashem Shemaim. Where did that happen? Every year, three times a year, in the Beit HaMikdash. All the 12 tribes, there were 12 gates. They all came, each from his unique direction, and they all meet at the temple, which is Hamakom Ashiv Har Hashem Lishaken Shmo Sham. It's called the Divine Impressor. That the Shem Shemaim is like the, it's what holds us together, right? That it's also, it shows that our unity is a divine unity, right? Jews don't get along because they are from, you know, the same place with the same culture and the same language. You know, Jews don't get along for that reason, right? Because we're not. We've been this Ashkenazim, Sfaradim, Litaim, Hasidim, right? What makes us one nation is Shem Shemaim, because we just worship the same God. You know, we're totally culturally different, and it was always that way. You know, the Arizal says there were 12 Nuschot of Tefillah. Every Shevet had its own Nusach HaTefillah. 
And you know, Ashkenaz is the remnants of the Nusach of Shevet Binyamin. And Sfarad is the remnants of the Nusach of Shevet Yehuda. That's what it says in Kitvei Rabbeinu Ari. Right? It was always meant to be that way. There was always supposed to be diversity. Right? <laughs> and that should be that the unity is not like a, 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 a shallow unity of because eh, we think alike and we act alike and we live in the same neighborhood. No, no, no. The unity should be based on HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Only He is going to be what holds the Jewish people together because they all worship Him and that will be what binds us together. It means our Achdut is actually a revelation of divine power. Right? So Amisol is a mini-universe that God, think about this, God's universe. He created a lot of different things, and yet the cosmologists are mystified how the cosmic forces don't cancel each other out. Right? Fire and water, there are all types of opposing, everything is, there's diversity, and it's one universe, one universe, and still, even though it's one universe, the forces don't negate each other. Everything like holds together, the fire and the water, right? It holds together as a united universe without the things negating each other. It's amazing. It's Machlok HaShem and Knesi HaShem Shemaim and Am is supposed to represent, be a, a microcosm of all that. <clears throat> and that's why there should be tribes and initially the tribes should be separate and that's Din, like we said, everything in its definition and then pulling it all together and you come to an Achdut that's not based on Shalrit, it's an Achdut that's based on pure divine power. We could unite these different pieces because we all serve the same God and that's the fiber that binds the Jewish people together, right? Not secular nationalism and not cultural likeness, because we don't have that, right? It never was based on that, right? So initially apart and then held together by divine unity in small, that's marriage. Zohar and Nekeva, right? It could not have been more different than each other, right? And, and you know, it's supposed to be that way, really, very different, you know. How do I say men from Mars and women from Venus? Right? Did I get it right? Is that correct? Right. Yeah. right. <clears throat> it's really different universes. Right? But you know, it's not, you know, not at all the same and shouldn't be the same and shouldn't be the same. Purposely different. Right? And you know, and the difference between Zohar and Akeva is, is totally uh, represented in the differences that we have in between Shamaim and Aretz. Everyone knows that the word Ish has the letter Yud in it. The word Isha has the letter He. Right? <clears throat> and everyone knows the famous Gemara in Menachas. Ki Beko Hashem, Sur Olam, with the name Ka, Hashem fashioned two worlds. That with the letter Yud, he made the higher worlds, the spiritual worlds. With the letter He, he made the lower worlds. Right? And that means that the coming together of Ish v Isha, he has the Yud and she has a, is like the coming together of heaven and earth. Right? Making unity between opposites. But you know that? You know, you know that that's meant to be because even in the individual human being, there's a soul from heaven and a body from earth. Right? That's, that's the unique role of man, you know, which was handed to other Mauritian, subsequently given over to Amisol, besod, what the Pasa Atem Kurim Atem Kurim Adam, Vena Akum Kurim Adam. We are the real, you know, heirs to the legacy of Adam. Those two create cosmic unity, cosmic unity between opposites, right? So in the individual, it's his neshama and his guf, right? And, and in the bigger, bigger picture, it's zachar and nekeva. Different, different, right? And, and, and the unity between them is purely divine. 
because it makes no sense, right? And no, and no, and but and 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 if, and if not, it's hell. And if not, it's hell. It's like the we said about the good that you got to learn to appreciate. And if you don't get the acquired taste, it's hell, right? So Chazal say this: Zochu Shchina Shruya Beinayim. If they merit, the divine presence is in between them because it's what's holding them together. God is holding them together. Lo Zochu Esh Ochaltam. Because the yud from ish and the hay from isha leave, and you're just left with the word ish, and double fire, like korban abayit, like we say broken home. That's why the agadot, the agadot of uh, of korban uh, abayit are mesachet gitin. It's like a d- cosmic divorce, korban abayit, broken home, like we say. So if it works, it's heaven, literally heaven. It's with heavenly power, and if it doesn't work, right, it's hell. And, and, and that's why. It's because they're so different. And with this, you can understand two Gemarot in uh, Mesechet Brachot. They're mentioned one after the other. It's as if you brought a Korban Toda. Right? You bring a Korban Toda in exactly the circumstance that we've been describing. You got your fat pulled out of the fire. Korban Toda, like you were, you were, you were in a Sakana, and a Korban you know, and you felt God's love. Even there, there was you were in dinim. You were surrounded. There was a judgment against you. God intervened, scooped you out of there. So you bring a carbon toda, right? Because you saw the goodness even within the dinim. That there was obviously dinim upon you, but Akash pulled you out of it. So you say thank you, right? That's what the word toda also means to admit, like hodaa, because there was a sticky situation. But you admit that it was really for the good. You admit that you could easily deny it. You admit that it's from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So when in a carbon Torah, you bring chametz and Matzah. You bring opposites. Right? Because you admit that it's from God, who could even hold together opposites, and even in the dinim is doing chasadim, hidden within the dinim. Right? So Mesameh, Chasam, Vekalot, they're also opposites, says the Maharal. Like chametz and Matzah. And you admit that it's all from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who could create opposites and pull the opposites together. And that's when you see the chasadim within the dinim, like when you have your fat pulled out of the fire, whenever a nace happens to you. Generally, when a nace happens to you, that's exactly what was going on. You were in terrible danger and something. Right? You see the chasadim within the dinim. Right? You see the opposites, the chasad with the din, and the, that's like the zahar within the keva. But then there's another one. It's like you rebuild the ruins of Jerusalem. <coughs> because in of Bin Yerushalayim, you should know that the, the Mishkan, the Beit HaMikdash, was you know, a microcosm of the whole universe. And, and the way that we pulled, built the Mishkan, built it, and every component represents something else in the cosmos. Right, the Mishkan represented, the Mishkan and the Mikdash represented the whole universe, and the way we build it is like putting all the cosmic forces in unison. And that's where it's, over there it's Mokom of Shem Shemaim that holds it all together. Makes things special, Machlok of Shem Shemaim, makes things unified, Knesil Shem Shemaim, and that's how Mokom Ashiv Harshem Lishaken Shemosham. And it's the, that way also in the Zachar and the Keva together. That's why it's called a Beit HaMikdash. It's called a Bayit. Beito Zu Ishto. We find throughout Chazal. Your wife is called your home. This is called God's home. He's like the husband. Amisol that built the home for him, made his home for him. We're like his wife. That's the cosmic unity. Right? <clears throat> right? And then with this you can understand something. What the famous Chazal, everyone knows, that um, you know, uh, 
A empress asked a, uh, one of the Tanaim, what is God doing ever since he created the world? He says, He's making Shidduchim. He says, I could do that too, right? All right? So she lined up all her Avadim and all her Shvachot, all her servants and maid servants. All right, you, yeah, yeah. You know, Bas Pliny Lepliny, right? And the next day they came up, you know, this guy has his eye missing, this guy, woman has her, you know, all right. Didn't last one night, the marriage. Right? But it's interesting, he said to her, if you think it's easy to him, it's kashek kriyat yamsuf. To God it's as difficult as kriyat yamsuf. Well, what's a kesher? Right? So of course in the end she admitted. Right? But you know, what, what's the dialogue? You know, what's he doing since Kred Roll? He's making zivugim. I could do that. No, well, you, know, you think it's easy? To him it's kashek kriyat yamsuf. What's kriyat yamsuf? I have to do anything. The idea is like this. During the six days of creation, God made all the different cosmic forces. What's been happening ever since then is to pull the forces together in different combinations. And that's what it means. He's mezaveg zivugim. Right? We see what's technology. All these forces were ever there since creation. But we're finding ways to combine these forces and all these neat contraptions. You know, harness and pull together all these, you know, as opposed to how they were just left separate. And that's, that's the, what still is being done. This tikkun of the Bria is called zivugim. Right, to pull the different forces of creation together in different combinations and permutations that create what we call, on, on the simplest level, it's called technology, all the contraptions that we're inventing. Right, but of, in Ruchaniyut, it's called that the kohot that Kosh Baruch Hu set up are now supplementing each other and improving each other by being supplemented. It's all called zivugim. Right, the whole mitzvah of the tikkun of the cosmos is called one big shidduch. Right? And, and that's an amazing thing. That it's, it's, with, it's, it's dinim, because din is what makes things separate, everything in its gvul, everything in its boundary, everything with its unique definition. And then you're pulling you're everything, with everything being special and separate, pulling it together in interesting combinations, right? And then you see how good din is, that chesed is that simple kind, that simple goodness, it's not an acquired taste. The goodness that's in dinim, you know, that's the surprise, that's the, that's the higher realization, right? So, Kriyat Yamsuf. So first, I'll tell you an interesting word from my Rosh Hashiva, Yaakov Weinberg, Zecher Tzak, the Karsh Levracha. He said that the uh, interesting, he said a very interesting pshat al physics, right? What it means that the Vugam Shalom is Kriyat Yamsuf, right? That the, uh, you know, <coughs> the, we're taught in physics, you know, the, the idea of the equilibrium of, of, of energy, right? For every action, there is a reaction of equal force, right? So therefore, Right? The, the type of force that you need to put two separate things together is the same force that it takes to separate a pure oneness. And that's what it means. It's kosher kekriyas yamsuf. Right? To bring two separate people together is the same power necessary like ripping the ocean, which is a pure oneness, apart. Right? But to, you know, to go one step deeper, everyone knows that by Kriyat Yamsuf, there was a Kitrug, right? The angels that prosecuted against Amisro and said, Hello of the Avarazar, Valo of the Avarazar, why you give preferential treatment to the Jews? They served idols. Hey, what happened in Egypt a week earlier? The angels were quiet. Angels were quiet, right? Of course, took us out of Mitzrayim and did Makat Bechorot, right? Yeah, but by Kriyat Yamsuf, there was like, you know, divine anger there. As a word, it was a presence of anger. Right? The idea is like this, right? The, 
you know, when Yitzhak Mitzrayim on the night of Pesach was pure chesed. It was pure chesed. You know, Mentachare Tuma, Koshko took us out anyway. But that's not special. What's special is to deserve it. Din is what makes things special. It makes it that it's deserved. It's coming to you. You have it by right, and that's what makes you different from a goy. Chesed, there's no difference between Jew and goy. Pure kindness. Well, you do pure kindness for everybody. Din is what makes things special, that he deserves and he doesn't. The, the madrega of Kriyat Yamsuf was that, you know, that's what the angel said. All right, now, do they really deserve it? And that's the miracle of Kriyat Yamsuf that made it bigger five times greater than Yitziat Mitzrayim, like the Haggadah says, Kamalaku Mitzrayim, Esra Yam Chamishim, without getting into why the number five, I don't have time for that right now, but it has to do with the fact that you have five separate fingers on your hand, right? right? Getting into the details, right? Getting into the details, right? But it's more than that, right? But that's the, the idea of Kriyat Yamsuf is that, you know, Amisol is different, right? Amisol is different. We are different from the Goyim. We are different. And just like Man and woman are different. Uh, Chris has clarified that there are differences, right? There are differences in the Bria, and Amisol is truly different from the Goyim. That was clarified by Kriyas Yamsuf. That's why the angels were able to prosecute there, because are we really different? That real difference is Bedin, right? And that's just that man and woman are really different. Really different, right? And, and, <clears throat> Like, like Kriyas Yamsuf clarified how we're really different from each other, and even though really different, really different, still HaKadosh Baruch Hu puts them together, because that shows the divine unity, the, 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 the divine power that's holding the world together. It's still a mystery to cosmologists today. What holds the universe together? They talk about gluons that they haven't seen. Dark matter, gluons. What's holding it all together? Everything should be pulling in its own direction. Shem Shemaim is pulling it together. And that Shem Shemaim is revealed with the unity of man and woman together. Zahu Shechina Shruya Beneim. And that is what's revealed with Binyam Beit HaMikdash on earth. You see the Shechina there. Because Binyam Beit HaMikdash represents all the powers of the cosmos converging to that one point in the Beit HaMikdash. And that's where you see the divine name that holds the whole cosmos together. <coughs> And that's what the month of Av is really all about. It's about revealing the hidden divine name. <clears throat> and that's why, you know, when, when the, on the month of uh, Tuba Av, when we reach the center of the month, even though currently it's a month of Din, seemingly without seeing the Chesed yet, we believe in it. And that's why we don't say Tachnon Tudor. We believe in it. We hear about it. Otet Peshmiya. We hear about it. Right? We don't see it. But still, the month of Av is the month of Av, and its innate power comes out in the middle of the month, on Tu Ba'av. And on Tu Ba'av, some of the love breathes through. All the higher, higher chasadim that are behind the dinim seeps out a little bit. You could feel it, right? And that's, you know, and, 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 and the goodness of seeing the good in the din and understanding how the din is for our benefit. So the fact that there are separate tribes, that's not a bad thing. It's not to create machloket. There's a way for that diversity to get together and create a greater whole which are a whole that has all these different colors and all this great unification of the great name that so many different things could come together under the same God, the different tribes, Sheva Binyam with the other tribes, men and women in general, right? The differences between them is, and they're supposed to be different, and they're designed different, and they should not be the same, and they shouldn't, you know, and separate restrooms, for sure, for sure, right? Right? Separate. That, that's, the, that's the unity. That's the greatness of the divine unity. 
right? That only God is what holds it together. <coughs> so that's, that's a little bit of what Tubav is. Now on Yom Kippur, you know, is when we actually feel it. Because on this day, Yom Kippur is the great day of reconciliation, right? It's a great day of reconciliation. We do tshuva and our sins. We do tshuva me'ava avonot of nasol right? We convert everything bad into good, right? You know, there's a, uh, one of the famous Hasidic masters, uh, Rav Simcha Bernard Prashiska, used to say, if I could, I would abolish all the fast days, except for two days, Tisha B'Av and Yom Kippur. Right, Tisha B'Av, because how can you eat? You know, says, how can you eat? Yom Kippur, you don't need to eat. Right? Right? Because the body and soul are reconciled, you know. You know, if you, if you do it right, you're not supposed to feel hungry on Yom Kippur. Right? The body and soul are reconciled. They're in perfect unity. Right? So on Yom Kippur, it's like a day of Latid Lavo. We are my mamish living in the future. Right? And that's why it's a day of pure spirit and no eating and no drink because you're like living in the future. You're like living in Olam Abba in your own time. Tubav, you know, is, you know, we're still, you know, in this world but a little bit of that hidden goodness bleeds through, right? And, and, and as a sign that we feel that our Kershaw didn't really divorce us with Tisha B'Av. It's just the opposite. It was too good for us to appreciate. And it's yet going to be the day when, you know, the month when we're going to have our great reunification with him, where the base of Mikdash that will never be destroyed will be built, right? right? And with the Tubav being the finality of the Chanukah Tabayit, right, as we explained, Right? So we could even feel it bizman azeh. And, and, and it's, that's why it's a time, you know, it's a, uh, you know, the, you know, the, the Ariya Kadosh says that there are 12 permutations of the name Yudke Vavke. And they're Keneged the 12 months a year. You work it out in your head. Now there's 12 ways to spell Yudke Vavke, you know, because, you know, two letters are the same. So uh, there's only 12 permutations, not 16. Right? So 12, the permutation for the month of Av is Havaya, which is the one word we're allowed to say. You know why we're allowed to say that? That's here if we're allowed to say. Because it has a profane meaning. It means existence. It also means marriage. Like the Gemara says, Makish Havaya Liyitziah. Now you compare Kiddushin to, right? Havaya, right? So it has a profane meaning, so we're allowed to say it. But think about this for a second. Think about it. It has a profane meaning. That's why we're allowed to say it. That means that this divine name is the most hidden name. We can't see the divinity. It has, a, it has like a poshup shot that's not divine. But what is that poshup shot? Existence itself. Havaya. Marriage. Marriage. Right? So again, illustrating the point, right, that the, the hidden goodness, the hidden goodness is the greatest goodness and, and the greatest goodness, the greatest chesed behind creation because there is dinim in creation. But the dinim in creation is for the purpose of getting to the higher, higher goodness. That, that's an acquired taste, inside which we have to work for. Right? <clears throat> and this higher goodness is the power of unity that comes out with every Jewish marriage of Zohu, Shechina, Shuria, Benayim. So, Rebor help. I guess I have to start tonight because I screamed at my wife a great deal on the way here because, you know, frustration. GPS wasn't working. Right? But, the, you know, but everyone we had to take upon themselves to Bav, right? You know, we have to realize that our... You know, our marriages, that's, that's, our little, that's, our, that's our little remnant of, our, of the Beit HaMikdash. It's our little... Right? So, and that's why you can understand why Chazal were so makbed on Shalom bias. Right? You have enough money just to either buy candles for Shabbos or wine for Kiddush. Which one do you buy? 
You want to vote on it? Candles. Shalom bias. What? Right. Right. But even if you have, that's it, you only have like one penny, you know, just uh, you take the candle. You take the candle, Mishum Shalom bias. Right? Because right, there's nothing worse than groping and banging into each other's, uh, you know, whatever. That's not Shalom bias. That's, that's, not, that's, that's what the Gemara says. Mishum Shalom bias. And there's so many halachot that Chazal gave us. Mishum Shalom Bayit. Right? What? That's why you put two candles. That's why two candles. But, you know, but, but even one, because nothing worse than, you know, in the back, darkness and just, you know, you have to remember in their days, when, when nighttime was like absolute, no street lights, nothing, you know, you know, dark was like, you know, banging into walls, mamish, it's like hell, right? So that's why, no, really, that, that's why, you know, that, uh, you have to realize that in their days, you lived in darkness at night, mamish lived in darkness, so you have to, it's just hard for us to illustrate, you know, the why, because you know, bismanazet, you know, so let's just say, halacha l'maseh, you have the electric light that you could turn on the Chavod Shabbat, right, if you, if you really don't have candles, and therefore you would buy the wine because you have the electric light. And so in their days, you didn't have the electric light, and there were no street lights that, you know, come in through the shutters or nothing. Now, you lived in absolute blackness. That's hell, you know, bang, you know, bang, 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 bang. So mishum shalom buy it, right? Right, you know, you have to have the candle, and the Rambam, when he says that halacha, says, you know, uh, and also it has to be a Shabbos candle or a Hanukkah, Near Hanukkah, also, Shabbos candle, Mishum Shalom Bayit. Right? Nothing more important, nothing more important, Shalom Bayit, because the whole, as the Rambam ends up, because the whole Derech of Torah is Derecheh, Darach Shalom. What does Shalom actually mean? Right? Peace. You know, but what's, but what is, what's the root of the word? Shalem. Shalem. Whole. Right? That you pull all the different pieces together. Real peace, real peace, is not, hey, if we think alike and we act alike, that, that's not peace. You know? That's not peace. That's just not fighting. Right? The, uh, no, shalom is that, no, I don't think the way you think and you don't think the way I think, and still we get together. That's shalom. And that's called shleimut because since we're different, we're supplementing each other. I'm going to give you something you don't have. That's why shleimut. And that's why shmo shalakarush baruchu shalom. It's one of the divine names because real shalom is when there are opposites and differences and they still are held together by the pure divine power. We want to help with the, uh, at least, uh, on this day, first of all, you know, uh, Chazak is taking on to solve the Shidduch crisis, right? Yaniv is in charge, right? And Chazak is taking on to Shalom Bayis workshops, right? And when she in, in, improve their Shalom Bayit, right? Because it, this is, you know, this is, you know, our last, the last vestige of the Beit HaMikdash in our private lives. I mean, in, in public life, we have the Beit HaKnesset, which is a Mikdash Ma. That's in the communal. In our private lives, our last vegetable is our marriages, which have that, you know, and to the extent that we're marba shalom in our own households and help others build their households. So, Adir Yivne Beto Bekarov, Bimherabi Amen.